listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Carolyn, I feel like ranting a little bit tonight. It's going to be a Holy Ghost rant. Hello, Karina. Um, we'll try to keep a Holy Ghost. I, you got to hear me back on sometimes. Oh, my dad said the lights are up at the Shuttlesworth house. My dad. <gasps> me too. I finished them um, Tuesday night. My dad taught me everything I know about exterior illumination. Did he? Hey, Tony. You just didn't feel like showing me this year? It's a secret that I keep to myself, Carolyn. It came from my father to me, and I'm keeping it with me. Okay. Yeah, it died with you. That's for sure. <laughs> We were driving recently and talking, and me and Carolyn <laughs> were laughing like, what? about how many stupid things people do. People, no, not the people do that we see advertised for Christians to buy. He was getting ready to agree with Yes, me. no. And then he realized. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not it. Oh. All right, that's another rant, I guess. That's a separate I rant. We were on that one, but why? Are, why are there so many products? Here's a question, and I, this probably will start the rant. How many? Why are there so many products? You need to share this. If you don't share this, you got seriously. There's internal problems. Why are there so many products for Christians to buy that make room for are the they for their carnal nature? For Christians? Yeah, because they say stuff like, "I love Jesus, but I drink a little," uh-huh. or "I cuss a little." Or, I love Jesus, but I throw hands. <laughs> you know, there's all these like, uh, there's all these like products for Christians to buy. Products. <laughs> there is. There's shirts and mugs and, you know, G- uh, Jesus and wine. Remember that lady wrote you? Because we. Well. We found an online women's Bible study. And I just, what was it called? I tagged her about her stupidity. It was coffee. <laughs> no, no. And wine. No, yeah. no. It was like Bible and wine. It was like Bible study and wine. I can't even remember what the name was. It was like, we get together, we drink, and then we just read the Bible. (laughs) So stupid. A couple of verses, but a few bottles. Um, And there's just... (laughs) <laughs> there's just so Ava many. Yeah, it. there's there's another one. Ava knows what I'm talking about. That's because I say it like Brian, half hood, half holy. Got the T-shirt. Jesus loves this hot mess. Uh, I'm saved, but you can still catch these hands. <laughs> there's so many. Uh, it's true. Aaron, Aaron makes a great point. Marketing to carnality is lucrative. Yeah, because it feels like so many Christians live in that state of carnality yeah it makes room for their for For, the flesh for their for their comfort like like they think that's i mean and that's how they can market to them they think literally like you know the more and more and more and more and more that i'm in ministry and do this the more and more and more i realize there are more surface level christians than actually deep spiritual christians and and i can understand that because you know, Paul dealt with that. I mean, there's, there's, you know, not everybody's willing to mature. Not everybody's, and of course, I, I know people have been saved for different amounts of time. But it's one thing to be a baby Christian. It's another thing to stay a baby Christian for 20 years. Well, everyone starts out as a baby. Right. I mean, that's an, a natural thing in life, too. Everyone yeah. starts out as a baby. So you start that way. 
But, you know, just the natural life, we grow older and change. Yeah, no, it's, and, it's and, like, and should change. But Christians seem to just like a lot, obviously not most, I mean, everyone, but like just just stay. It's comfortable. I don't, I don't want to do this. I don't want to work harder. I don't want to, you know, grow in my faith. And then they just are always in a crisis and always in some predicament. And then they have to use the God card. And it's like, you heard nothing. You didn't yeah. hear God. You heard nothing. Yeah. You made that up. Yeah, I get it. It's, a, it's I'm like- calling your bluff. <laughs> you made it up. Your cards are all jokers. They're not all aces. All right? That's it. Your cards are all jokers. Somebody needs to put that in the comment <laughs> section. Your cards are all jokers. They're all jokers. Well, the thing is, is if... Over there acting like they got a flush. Well, the thing is, if 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 you really got that word from the Lord, you know, the word from the Lord you got should work out on your behalf. I mean, it should. it actually should produce something. You know, if... <laughs> All your cards are jokers. If <laughs> can you scroll up a little bit? Somebody had posted uh, in the comments, Tiff, with your taco fingers. Can you scroll, <laughs> scroll oh, up God, just a little bit? Just right there. <laughs> I know. I agree with Angie on this. Go go down a little bit. Jesus is my homeboy. Also irritates me. And then Jessica Cross said it's one step away from proverbs and prostitutes. Oh my god! Yes, I get it. They're the worst. Um. I, for, for me, every time I see this stuff, it does need to be a t-shirt. All your cards are jokers. And you know what? We can do that tomorrow. We can do Look it tomorrow. Look at that. Because we can now. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right, Aaron. He said, modern Christianity does not promote spiritual growth. It praises lukewarmness. And that's exactly right. It's exactly right. It's always mind-blowing to me. It's like, forget doing everything I can, you know, for the Lord, to please the Lord, I want to see how much, and here's one that gets me because, you know, people feel like they make it like it's your problem. If you don't just accept me the way that I am, it's your problem. Like, you know, this is, and this is one, man, it it gets me. It's like, that's who I am. You know, if you don't like the real me, then you don't, you know, you don't need to be my friend. You're a fake friend. If you want me to change so you can be my friend. It's not even that. It's like, oh, I grew up with people saying, love it or leave it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not even that. It's like no leaving it. You can't yeah, exactly leaving it. All your cards are jokers. Um, I, it's it's when you get to the point where you realize it's like no, the Bible. When you become a Christian, you're you're not supposed to uh, retain all of your carnal nature and then tell people this is just who I am. And if you don't like the way my carnal nature functions, then you can just you know that's that's not how Christianity works. That's why Paul was so adamant with the Galatians that if you understand that before you were saved, there were fruits or works of the flesh. After you got saved, there's fruit and work of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit are different than the fruit of the flesh. And he lists both in one chapter. And when I, that's why it irritates me so bad when people are like, well, if you don't like the real me, it's like people just want an excuse to continue to keep their attitude to continue. You know, they, they want to keep their, you know, uh, whatever term you want to use for it, I got an attitude. I tell people off. This I I speak I speak my mind. That's just who I am. I speak my mind. People say that it's all like, the time. Oh, so you're telling me you have no self control? Exactly. I get it. Yeah. If you don't <laughs> if you don't like my non self control, <laughs> yeah. It's like, see, this goes back to, you know, people that aren't. You don't want to say it at the beginning. That's smart. There's you know. 
Well, it's because they refuse to look. Andy said, God's still working on me. Might as well be followed by, and I'm fighting him every step of the way, <laughs> which is true. It's true. Like, literally, if if the Lord's working on you, yield. <laughs> it's like yield to yield him. Yield and look different. Yeah. Yield and be different. It's like if you keep using the God card and you're a hot mess, yeah. then you're not, not listening Something's properly. Something's wrong. You're like, not listening properly. If you always in crisis mode, always everything wrong, things aren't working out. There's things that people I think would just, this is what people should do. They need to record themselves talking and then play it back. I think this would help a lot of people. Probably would. Like more than once. Like, does that really sound smart? Because there are people who will talk to me and then I get in the car with you and I'm like, yeah, that's all I can say. Yeah, which is not even a word, like but it's, it's emotion. <laughs> it's like, do people even hear what's coming out of their mouths? I sometimes don't think they do because one of the things, as soon as I hear somebody, you know, use, now this would be like, unless I know the person very well and I feel like I have an entrance to speak into their life and, and whatever. But if not, if somebody uses the God card when they're talking to me about something they're going to do, that's it for me. Like, you're getting no more from me like because if you feel like God told you to do something go for it because I'm not God and if you feel like that that was it then go do it the fruit will speak for itself the fruit will speak for itself and that's why you know the moment people pull that on you a lot of time now sometimes but it's great because they'll give you the whole thing of their situation and nothing's worked out in their situation and they'll end it with this is what God told me to do. Yeah. It's like, but I know God told me to be here. See, like the Holy Spirit is waving red. Excuse me, Siri. Shut up. Oh, look at this. You're calling 911? No. I just got, as we were sitting here, Brian Rambler, who was the thief of my song on international television. He knows who I'm talking to right now. Conviction hit his heart and he sent me a cash app. But I want you to know but something, why was Brian. Your phone talking to you. Your phone was telling you you got a cash app. I think my phone went into that like when you have like problems. You know that button you can hit like when you have problems. Like you're blind. <laughs> it's like at the crosswalk. Wait, wait, wait. It's like maybe. What if they don't? Maybe that's wait? not the phrase. <laughs> they're gonna die. They're gonna die. Wait. <laughs> Maybe somebody can help me with the actual term with your with your phone when you have problems and your phone has to describe everything to you that's on the screen or whatever. Captions? No, it's not captions. No, because you have to see to read those. <laughs> I don't know. You know, when you have problems. When you're blind. <laughs> and it's what not funny, they, but it, it went into it went into boomer mode, Denise said. No, it's called like accessibility mode. Thank you, Brian. You're back in the good graces. Thanks for helping me out. No, accessibility mode. Yeah, that's what it does. It you're reads you everything. accessing a handicap? That's it. It's accessing for handicap. Not when you have problems. If you're handicapped and you need accessibility mode. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what that is. Sure, so thank you, Brian. With your tacos. I appreciate that. <laughs> How are those tacos, Tiff, by the way? Didn't even... Bother to share. Sitting over here, just had like a piece of cheese. 
No, Jerry, somebody didn't truly steal my song. They just simply borrowed it for international television. You know who you're talking to. Um, no, it's fine. Why does everyone keep saying boomer mode? Is that a name of something? They're just laughing because she said boomer mode. Your phone went into boomer mode. <laughs> I love, I, I went to say, a poor lady, lady stopped in to talk to me today and, and I was like trying to give her this business. I was like, do you have Instagram? She was like, no, I'm way behind. <laughs> I'm way behind. What store was this? No, no. She came here to the office to, oh, remember, right, to ask her thing. Yeah. And she was like, no, I'm way behind. Um, that's true. Aaron McCray said, handicap is not politically correct anymore. Carolyn, uh, Aaron, it's special needs. I never needs. said I was politically correct. She's politically incorrect. Ever. Oh, man, we got YouTube strikes coming correct. for sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, though, it's like sometimes I see these I see these things. I'm like, dude, what in the world? That Because that's what we need. We, we need more instability. That's exactly what we need, more instability. So create more products for people to revel in their fleshly nature, their carnal nature. But I'm being serious, though. When people... Like crop tops. Shouldn't wear them. <laughs> Stop wearing Nobody should wear a crop top. <laughs> Even if it has a scriptural message on it? Nope. We're making crop tops for the ministry that say all no your cards are jokers. It's for anyone. Not anybody. Nobody. Now, what is, what is a crop top? <laughs> we talking like a tube top? Crop tops where your belly shows. Like, oh, I didn't. I don't have any of those. <laughs> Angie said like they're of the top. devil. <laughs> don't come back. <laughs> Not even if there's a scripture on it? No. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Obviously, you can't. Like, wear a shirt. <laughs> the, new, the, the new partner crop tops are getting ready to drop uh, here in the, in the winter. Um, but it's true. Like, I see it pops up all the time. You know, it pops up all the time in your feed. People see it all the time. And then if there's like so much geared toward people that I don't know, it's like they just they simply refuse to, um, for lack of a better way of saying it, they just refuse to do what the Bible says. They just won't do it. There's like I refuse. I refuse to cur- I use for, as you said a moment ago, I refuse to u- use any self-control. I refuse to change myself. I don't want to be more like Jesus. I want to be more like me. And I'm just going to say whatever I want. I'm going to do whatever I want. And and then they mask it with that whole, you know, you you got he's still working on me. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Uh, is he? Is he though? Is he really working on you? And then as you said, the people that you know, don't get, I don't think people should confuse getting bored with where you're at as like a sign it's time to do something else. People get bored. They get bored in their calling. They get bored in their faithfulness. They get bored in their dedication, diligence. And then they just feel like, I got to do something else. I got to move to somewhere. I got to do something else. This, you know, I'm, you know, I'm tired of being in this one place or whatever. And then, you know, they'll tell you. No, God told me to do this. God told me to, you know, God told me it's time to leave. Ask God nothing. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And then <laughs> I feel bad. I'll be the cut and dry. Because then people here. go to places, they're out of place, and then stuff's and not opening it. up. They feel it. They feel it immediately. And then they wonder, I can't sleep well. My thoughts are, are not right. Then, you know, a whole bunch of other things happen. Then they 
you know, God's work and his instruction is going to move forward. Always. So you're not, you're either going to be in it and reap the blessings from it or it's passed over. And that's the worst feeling in the world to not do something that God's told you to do because you're complacent, because you're, you're lazy, because you don't feel like it, the, everywhere through the Bible talks about asking God talking to him and most people don't because if you ask him and you say hey i'm bored i'm i you know if you're you're thinking you know what's my next place in life i feel like i have no purpose but nobody ever goes to the lord in prayer and fasting right and is like lord give me my next step that's it what 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 wisdom do i need what's a god idea that i can implement yes where do you want me to live what do you want me to do what you know what i mean and he he'll (laughs) He made you and only wants the best for you. Yep. So obviously he's going to answer you with the right thing. Now, of course, with instruction that he gives you, it's going to be out of your comfort zone because it's going to take faith to do it. Because sometimes things of life, your thoughts, sometimes your upbringings will cause you to talk yourself out of moving forward. And I can never see myself doing that. Oh, I didn't go to school for that. I don't, I don't have an education for that. That's not, you know, I had someone recently that's been um, helping me with kids stuff and things for the church. And she said, I never, I never realized how much I would love doing this. Like I've had words over the years and saying like I'll, you'd see yourself doing something you never saw you, yourself doing and, and all this stuff. And she's like, man, like I feel like I'm now stepping into a purpose. But it's like if, if that person talked themselves out of it, like that's not my department. That's not what I signed up for. Right. That's not this. Then all of a sudden, you know, they're they're not in the place. But now this person's like happy. They feel thriving. They're yep. doing what, you know, and and they ask. They ask the Lord, like, okay, I'm going to do something that I didn't see myself doing. Right. And now they're in total peace about it and, I and think, been blessed for it. You know, that comes from the fact that, like, when you understand, you know, it's being a Christian is different than being someone who's an unbeliever. Because when you're an unbeliever, you can, you know, live for yourself, for it's example, normal to it's normal. You can just you just make your own decisions. You do whatever you want. That's really what expected of you. Yeah. So there's a way to be when you're not saved. That's expected of you. Right. And there's a way to be when you are saved. That's expected yeah. of you. And when you're a Christian, truly, you're a part of God, the army of God. So when you're a part of God's army, his system, then we're not making decisions, making goals and then saying, God, get on these. You know, like, Lord, you know, I've got some ideas for this upcoming year. This is what I want to do. I'll get on my plans. Like, that's that's not how we function in the, in the body, which is why we take time in fasting and in prayer. We always take time in fasting and prayer because what we're actually doing is we're getting our marching orders from the Lord, getting our marching orders from the Lord. I'm not coming up with my own plans and then saying, God, anoint these. I'm saying, Lord, what is it that you want? And there is a proper way to do this, not the pull a God card, truly to hear from the Lord. And that's not something that, that we're flipping about. You, you know, that's why we spend time with the Victory Tribe in fasting and prayer um, every year. 
And really, that's when we do it corporately. You know, in January, we're getting ready to do it again. But it shouldn't be the only time through the year that you fast and pray. But for sure, we start the year that way because we want to make sure we give our first and our best to the Lord. And then when you do that and press in, he speaks to you. He guides you. He gives you uh, what his will is for the, you know, whatever, the upcoming year. And then all we have to do is truly just obey the instructions that we got. And literally that's that's what happens when, and as a Christian, you you take the time to truly get it. In fact, even in the Old Testament, God was irritated when people did not seek his counsel. I remember reading, you know, for, for some it would be an obscure passage, but Zephaniah chapter one, um, and I was reading this in the New Living Translation, and God said, um, that he was irritated with people who no longer uh, asked for his guidance or sought after his blessings. So actually, God wanted to bless people so much that he was irritated when they stopped asking for his blessings, stopped seeking his guidance. And in Zephaniah chapter 1, he said uh, that he was irritated with those, that he was upset, he would... Uh, literally judge those that stopped worshiping him, seeking his guidance, asking for his blessings. And that shows you God's looking for people that will uh, go after him, that will go after his um, His ideas. Once we understand his ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts higher than our thoughts, we don't make up our own path and then ask God to get on it with us. We ask the Lord, which way should we go? And then we'll do everything we can to quickly accomplish the thing you asked us to do. And uh, that's what puts power on your life. That's where the momentum comes from. You know, we were talking a minute ago about not getting bored in your calling. This is how you don't get bored, by continually getting marching orders from the Lord and then carrying out the thing God called you to do. We do it all the time. I mean, you know, we've had people comment on like, oh, man, you guys, you, you're, you're moving pretty quickly. But it's like it's not that we're moving pretty quickly. It's that we only want to do I don't want to get involved in things that the Lord's not in. I don't want to get involved in things he's not doing. Right. I want to get involved in the things that he's telling us specifically to do. Sure. A lot of things we could do. There's only a few things we should do. Yeah. And that's for anyone in any group of circles. So, I mean, like whether it be what type of job you have, like for us for ministry, you know, obviously within our group and within our own family, with every single family member doing ministry, if all we did was copy what everyone is doing, it wouldn't work out for us. Like, you know, we're, we're not going to always do the same thing your father's and mother's ministry is doing. Same thing your cousin's ministry are doing because God didn't call us to do all that. Your uncles, you know, everybody that we know. And so it wasn't until different parts in our ministry in life that the Lord directed us to do certain things. That's right. And I actually just talked about that recently, how, um, you know, I told the Lord specifically, like my whole family's on Christian television. I'm not going on Christian television unless you specifically tell me to, and you open the door because I'm not doing it because it would be a good idea or because I compared myself <laughs> with somebody else. Unless you open it up, Lord, well, I'm not doing how, it. Like, how it's opened and how incredible, you know, the offers that have been given to us for what, you know, the, the amount of money that, you know, people have, have charged us. 
has been such favor, but that would have been different if we did it outside of and we're like, oh no, well, so-and-so is on there. I need to get on there. I see what's happening with them. I always say like, let the goodness of what's happening in other people's lives just be a testimony to you that God's not a respecter of persons. And if he did it for them, he'll do it for you, but do it in a way that's what he's asked you to do and in your lane. And that takes a mature Christian to think and look like that. Yeah, because most people want to compare themselves with what other people are doing or where other people. And that's where people get tripped up. But that falls along the line of I'm saved and I'm just going to remain the same and I'm not going to push any further for faith or growth or I'm not, you know, hungry to go. Um, do sit, something I'm not under, called to do. Sit under a teaching and I'm not going to go sp- you know, fly to go do this. I'll fly to go here and I'll fly to go on this vacation, but I'm not going to go get imparted to. And you know what I mean? So it, it it's important that once you get saved, like you said at the beginning, we don't stay in a state of infancy. Yeah. Because it, it, it's, it's going to be detrimental to your life. I was just to, to go along with that. I was actually something hit me and I, I posted it and this was probably now, what, a week and a half, two weeks ago. But as I was um, praying, I just heard one phrase and and literally write this down. If you, if you didn't get it the last time I posted it, write it down from this broadcast. The Lord, very clear with me, he said, beware of acceptable success. Beware of acceptable success. And I knew exactly what he meant by that. Beware of acceptable success. People get to a certain level of blessing and they get comfortable, and then as they get comfortable in that level of blessing, they stop pressing in like they used to press in. And I was laughing because I used the, um, I think I did this in uh, in Pennsylvania, but I used the analogy of the Rocky movies. And if anybody's seen the Rocky movies, you'll know what I'm talking about. Because at the beginning of that series, you know, he was just, you know, that kid out of Philadelphia that was hungry. He was hungry to fight. He was hungry to win. And he just did he did everything it took to, you know, as the movie said, get the eye of the tiger. He just was all out, dedicated, one thing, fighting, winning. And then he won some fights and became the champ and all this stuff. And then he got the money and then he got the mansion and then he got the cars and then he got the stuff. And he started getting comfortable to the point where um, he didn't even realize this was happening. But his manager knew that he'd lost the drive. His manager knew that he'd lost the uh, the eye of the tiger stopped uh, booking rough fights for him, stopped booking real fighters and started booking guys that he knew he could beat because he didn't want to see him get hurt. But he knew he was soft because he wasn't pressing in like he used to press in. And that's the thing. Get get this when I tell you this. Comfort is the enemy of progress, of promotion, of increase. Comfort is the enemy. It is an it's an enemy that you have to fight every single day comfort thank god that you that you are comfortable that god's blessed you but comfort if you don't rein it in it will overtake you so hard comfort will overtake you so hard you have to push yourself beyond comfort in every area you know i'm 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 watching <clears throat> uh 
all the notes come together for this book. I haven't even started this book yet, but I know there. Are, I've taught on it many times. There's five areas of your life that you have to master or they will master you, and it's your spiritual, mental, physical, financial, relational life. And I, I talked about it a little bit on uh, Tuesday night, but if you get stagnant in any of those areas of life, then that, that comfort overtakes you and those things start to fall apart because there is no vacuum. You can't live life in a vacuum. You know what I mean? You can't live life in a vacuum. You're either moving forward or you're regressing. You're moving backward. Yeah, there's no standstill. There's no neutral. There's no neutral. And it's like with your body. If you don't allow, if you don't push yourself, get out of your comfort zone. It's like your mind. If you if you don't push yourself, anything that sits becomes stagnant. That's right. Anything that there's no motion gets moldy, mm-hmm. gets stinky, gets you know all that atrophies. So it that's just, the that's the best word I could think of. It atrophies. Your your spirit man will atrophy. Your your mind will atrophy. I mean, you can't lay in a hospital bed. That's what happens to your muscles. Right. That's why people that have to be in a wheelchair, uh, sadly, because either because they've been injured or because they're, um, you know, paraplegic or whatever it might be, you can they have see to be moved. You can see it that their legs get smaller and yep. smaller and smaller and smaller. But they'll always do. Uh, like a rehab therapy because they make somebody uh, yeah, move unless they're they paralyzed then they do but if they're paralyzed you see what happens the legs get smaller and smaller because the muscles atrophy and and then they you know everything shrinks the same happens to your spirit the same happens to your mind the same happens with relationships and finances if you don't move forward if you don't stay out of comfort it's a wonderful thing to be secure and no I'm not gonna fail you know I'm not I'm not you know Here's an, here's an interesting thought for those that are watching. People think that if I could just make a certain level of money in my life, I'd be happier. If I could just make more money, if I could just get another promotion, I'd be happier. But they actually did a study on this and found that it's only true to a certain level. And the level you think it is is not the level it actually is. It's actually much, much lower. It's somewhere between, uh, I think, 60000 to $65,000. And then they said beyond $65,000 a year, the happiness factor of making more money is so small that it's almost not worth calculating uh, statistically because it's, it's after you get past keeping yourself beyond survival mode. I can keep the lights on. I can keep food in the refrigerator. I can keep gas in the car. I can pay my bills. I can do all of that. But after that, the happiness factor... The thing that keeps people unhappy is the the anxiety of not knowing, are we going to make it this month? Are we not going to make it this month? But once you go beyond that, the happiness factor of that is, is very negligible. It's very That's why you can have multi-multi-millionaires that commit suicide because they've got everything in the world, but they're still not happy because it's it's more than that. Your spirit man can atrophy. Your, your mental life can atrophy. If you don't get a hold of it, if you don't master it, it'll master you. And comfort is an enemy. It's an enemy. It's wonderful that you're going to make it every month and that you're not believing for a miracle just to survive. That's all wonderful. I'm glad. My family's blessed. But you have to, you have to keep on pressing because this is not the end for you and your family. This is not the cap. This is not the ceiling of where God's going to take you. So you have to keep pressing you got to keep moving forward because there's no limit to how high God can raise you in the kingdom. So you don't get comfortable. Beware of acceptable success. 
You think where you're at? I mean, literally, put it in the comments. Do you think where you're at right now is the end of God's plan for your life? I'd like to see the comments. Do you do you honestly, because this is the question you have to ask yourself. I mean, Carolyn and I know this is not the end of where God has us for this ministry. We're just getting started. Absolutely. We're just getting started. But just as people are putting that, you know, don't let your thoughts override. People, people let, and that's why we do these broadcasts, and that's why we go so hard and go on the road, because our spirit mans have to be strong and have to be filled up. Because if not, we let everything. That's why it's like when you say, oh, when life hits you, it's like, who's life? Right. It's I not love a person. when you say that. It's not a person. And we don't have to let it control everything. You might feel like, hey, I had these types of parents. I, you know, grew up this way. These things happened to me. But that's not the end all. When you get saved, you become a new creature in Christ. That's right. Right. The, the Lord is not in the business of slapping band-aids on anything. Right. It's completely brand spanking new. Mm-hmm. This is not goodwill from heaven. Right. There's no, there's no, <laughs> there is no dollar stores in heaven. There's yeah. none of that no cheap stores. crap in heaven. It's just, mm-hmm. it's not. So we have to get that goodwill mentality out that it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And I you hate know, that. I I can't really do what you're doing because, you know, this is this this is I didn't go to school for that or I didn't I didn't I wasn't around in ministry and we literally talk ourselves out of anything. Yeah, this is not like just blowing smoke like you can be anything in Christ. No, you actually can be anything that he's called you to be. That's right. In Christ. Actually, that's exactly right. And so when you guys, you know. Apply it, live it, work it, speak it, confess it. The only thing that can happen is manifestation in your life. Yes. It's the only thing that can happen. But you have to do your part. People are always waiting. They're living in the comfortable. They live in whatever feels right, seems right, whatever goes with the flow, whatever's in the latest group. You know, like you said, drinking, cursing, hot tempered, this, that. They just get comfortable in that, and then that's where everyone ends up staying. And, and one of the things that I would encourage every single person is these works, what we're talking about, the works of the flesh. The, the flesh wants comfort. The flesh wants to be pleased, for itself to be pleased. And that's why, you know, uh, I'll say it this way, they went overboard in the past. There's been many movements throughout the ages of asceticism. Asceticism is basically a strict form of self-denial. I mean, that that's all it is, that whole monk-like lifestyle. I mean, they used to wear robes that were purposely uncomfortable. They put wires. I'll take 200 for asceticism, please. Asceticism. 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 <laughs> Ase- all your cards are jokers. Asceticism. Um, I just didn't know what that word extreme meant. Extreme <laughs> self-denial. I mean that that's basically what it is. You get a few big words when you do so, things with Ted. So think about this. It's it's like it's like the scour- it's I'm like the it's like the I'm scourging of the flesh for the sake of the scourging of the flesh. It it is the the so in in its most in its most extreme form, asceticism says your flesh is evil, but not only is your flesh evil, it must be punished all the time. 
your flesh. So when you look at the lives of of old school monks or whatever, that's like in Da Vinci Code. Exactly right. Right. That's exactly right. Where so that would, man wore would, a salise. Like, whip himself. Yep. It's called on his back. it's called self flagellation. You'd whip yourself, <laughs> or not flatulation, <laughs> not self flagellation, <laughs> self flagellation. I will be more mature. And around. <laughs> Asceticism, fart jokes. I didn't make one. I don't even say the F word. I don't even say the F word. (laughs) Oh, man. And it's right. There it is. Angie put the the in, in the comments. Uh, oh, severe did, self-discipline. I'll like oh, scroll the, back up, please. She did like the great copy and paste of all the <clears throat> so, Severe and self-discipline and avoidance of all forms of indulgence, typically for religious reasons. Um, and that's exactly right. If you watched that or read that, uh, <laughs> Denise can't handle self-flagellation. Um, the whipping, you know, whipping themselves. The other thing he wore, if you remember, around his thigh, Ooh, it was called a, it was called a salise. It's it's a it's a metal thing with barbs in it that literally you tighten it and the barbs dig into your skin. That's yeah. why he had like blood running down his leg under his robe. Yeah. It's at every moment my flesh has to be punished. That's why. So think about think about it this way: that whole monk like existence was anything your flesh enjoys, you don't get it. So like if your flesh enjoys not being hurt put small amounts of pain on your flesh. They would even put metal wires later on in their robes so that the wires would prick into their skin and be very uncomfortable. Sounds like a um, that's, cashmere sweater. That's no, why in the middle of sweater. the in the middle of the night <laughs> Did you know in the middle of the night that's why they would have the calls to prayer and they would uh ring the bell and wake all the monks up in the middle of the night for calls to prayer cuz your flesh likes sleep so sleep is not good. Too much sleep, you know, whatever. It's terrible. And so they go up. Not only that, it's that's a why. Terrible life. That's why they they would swear off any sex. That's why they were always it's really terrible uh, absent life. For the, absent for the rest of their lives. <laughs> Anything the flesh enjoys, the flesh is evil, so the flesh must be punished. So they took it to the extreme. But Jesus, Jesus didn't take it to the extreme. That yes, we know that the flesh is unrenewed. We know that the flesh. We know that the flesh wants to do things that are displeasing to God. But that doesn't mean you have to harm the flesh. But Jesus did teach and Paul taught you have to keep the flesh under on a daily basis. Paul said that about his own life. On a daily basis, I put the flesh under so that after having preached to others, I won't become disqualified. And so that's what I'm talking about. There has to be something we do that pushes us beyond comfort and that pressing, that see, faith presses past comfort. Faith presses in to go and obtain the promises of God, and it's never comfortable to work your faith, to work your spirit, to work your flesh, to work your mind. It's an uncomfortable thing, but you've got to break past comfort in order to grow, progress, and increase in your life. That's what I'm encouraging those that you're watching tonight, is that we, and, and that's what we started ranting about, there's people that just want to indulge their flesh. This is what my flesh likes. This is who I am. You know, I'm somebody that speaks their mind and tells people off, and I can cuss people out from time to time because I'm I'm barely sanctified and whatever it is. It's because your flesh wants comfort. It, your flesh wants what pleases it. But see, the uncomfortability of putting the flesh down and pushing forward is the thing that brings you increase. It's the th- the thing that brings you promotion in God's kingdom. I refuse to allow the comfort of flesh 
to keep me stagnant, to keep me from moving forward. I'm going to do what the Lord tells me to do. I don't care if I'm pressing and it feels like, man, I can feel my faith straining to go to the next level. It doesn't matter because, see, that discomfort. I said this, uh, what was it, today? I was recording that short thing. Yeah. Remember I told you my, mm-hmm. my grandfather used to say that? I'm satisfied with a dissatisfied satisfaction because we are happy about where God brought us from. I thank God we're not at the level we started at when we started. Me too. Driving around the country for six months at a time in a car jammed with everything in the trunk almost sprung because there's baby stuff in there and driving all over the place for 90 million hours. And we were excited to do it at the time. Oh yeah. But I'm glad we're not there anymore, mm-hmm. but we're also not where we're going to be. And so that truly we're thankful for where we came from, but we know this is not the end. And that's why my grandfather would say that I'm satisfied with a dissatisfied satisfaction. I'm thankful for where he brought me from, but this is not the end. It's not your end. It's not our end. There's never an end, really. There's not. Your whole life. There's not an end. So if you get like a mindset that's like, there's no end. Yeah. I'm just going to keep going. Unlimited increase. I go home and be with the Lord. That's right. Then then you can get that mindset out. Yeah. Unlimited increase. Never-ending increase. It's because the world has boxed us in so much. It's like at this stage in life, you're supposed to have this done and that's it. And then you move on to this stage and then then this stage and then this stage is retirement. And then this stage is nothing. But you know what I mean? You eat vanilla pudding and that's it and not think anymore. And, and watch reruns and the world of Jeopardy has this like this is what you're supposed to be doing. But why do we keep like asking the world? What am I supposed to be doing at this stage in yeah. life? I'm not defining Why my am, life. What am I? What, where am I supposed to have at this? You know what? And if you're not, then people get you know all downtrodden and they're hard on themselves and they feel like failures. And it's like, but why are you going to this person to ask them their advice in this? Yeah. Not that you don't go to wise people, but you know most people don't go to the right person. Right. Let's just be honest here. No, they do. I, we, I dealt with that earlier. Are we being honest tonight? We're being honest tonight. It's true. They don't. <laughs> they talk to people that they've just known for a long time. Right. That doesn't qualify them to give you life advice. business card to go meet with somebody and they're like, well, you don't have this right now in your life. So, you know, you're going to be in trouble when you're 50. But who are you? Why are you telling me? What, God, why can't God do something next month? Why can't God do something this week? Yeah. Like we limit ourselves to these categories that the world has has placed people in. That's right. But if we get out of it and put our focus on what the word of God says and what he says I can have and things are unlimited. unlimited. So it changes your mindset to know that you live an unlimited life. Yeah. I, I, I just live unlimited. Yeah. Living an unlimited lifestyle. That's exactly how it should be. Living an unlimited lifestyle. That's why I don't even like, if you're a Christian, even if you're on social security, even if you're, you know, if you get a pension or whatever it might be, don't say I'm on a fixed income because you're not, nothing's fixed if you're in the kingdom. Nothing is set in stone. It's not your limitation. It's not, it's not the walls that box you in. You don't, you're not on a fixed income because you serve a God who's a provider. He's able to do what nobody else can do. And that's, that's the encouragement is that I'm not not if, our job to figure it out. Yeah, and if it, don't trust in a government, don't trust in a man, don't trust in a corporation, don't trust in the culture. 
trust the word of God, trust God himself, and nothing's limited. Nothing's limited in any way, shape, or form. Nothing's limited. There's no difference in someone who's like 75, like you said, on pension or Social Security or whatever, and me at 41. And You're 41? (laughs) You're 41 years old? No. Folks pray. You know, or anyone who, who... is getting in, uh, you know, an income in from a job. There's no difference if I give an offering and they give an offering, because it's God who blesses back. And so we get in that mindset that's like, oh well, I'm 75 and I gave something, or I'm 80 and I'm giving something, but I I'm not working anymore. So, but it, God's not blessing you through your work. Yeah, you realize you're not blessed with your paycheck. Like you you've earned your paycheck. <laughs> right, because of People the work, that, like because of the work you put in. Yeah, it's not every two weeks or every one week. You're receiving you know my a, company blesses me a you blessing know, from monthly. God. So you can't look that way. You can't be, you know, eighty years old or you know someone who's not working, who's quote unquote retired, and be like, well, you know what, I I don't I don't know about giving or the whole offering thing. You know, you're you're getting a paycheck, but that's not it. A paycheck's not a blessing. We're looking for favor outside of that that god blesses and so we get that like once again we get stuck in that mindset of i'm, I'm in this box get out of the box that's exactly right bust out of the box tyler says all the way up from the i'm sure snowy saskatchewan you work for a giving not a living i work i receive it god gives seed to the sower I have things to sow from what I've been working for, but God's truly my provider. That's right, Glenn. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrows, no duties to it. It's exactly right. No sorrow. No sorrow. I thought you meant duties like, you know, the taxes you pay from going from one country to another with your with your goods. Like when you see those things in the airport, duty free. I was like, yeah, I get it. He won't tax you for it. But it's exactly right. No <laughs> sorrows. Yeah, I like that. That's exactly right. Miss Tammy said, sow your way out. Sow your way out. My wife and I, I'm telling you, we did that early on. We first got married. And there was some debt over our head. And, you know, it, back then it looked like it was a big to us. It looked big. But, you know, all, and all the time that we were coming out of that, we never stopped. First of all, we never stopped tithing and we never stopped sowing large seed. Did we? Not ever. And God supernaturally took us out of that to a place where we didn't have that debt hanging over our head. It was supernatural. And it because- was funny because. Then when we got out of the debt for a few months, then the Lord came to me and that's when I came to you and was like, well, the Lord wants us to start sowing into these two ministers monthly. And you think this is what people do. They're like, okay, well, that extra monthly money, I don't have to pay anymore, right? Because I'm out of debt. And then now he's asking you to still do it. And at first I was like, really? Like that's... You know, that would be extra now. And then it dawned on me, like, you would have no problem and you're forced to pay credit cards. You'd have no problem. With interest. You wouldn't have a say. And you do it. And you don't boohoo about it. And you don't do anything. And and I'm asking you 
to sow seeds for an impartation mm-hmm. and to receive and to go at a different level. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. And that's how people have to think. It's like you would you have no problem doing it for a worldly thing. Right. You don't think twice about it. And then when God, you know, says to do something, everyone's like, oh, my budget's a little tight this month. Right. <laughs> that's exactly right. And that's and I, I and agree because we did that. We've we've gone even further. Oh, I believe. No question. We have. I mean, the mind. So we could have had the mindset of, well, you know what? Let's not do it. We we literally just got done paying some debt off. What we were paying for credit card every month, now we can keep in our bank account. I don't. I don't really want to like do this. You know what I mean? Like you know, you get free from something, and you're mm-hmm. like, yes, okay, great. You know, I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. But- I was telling somebody <laughs> the other day, like even what God has done in the last three years of our lives, the last three years of this ministry has been absolutely mind-blowing. It's been absolutely supernatural. These last three years, have been, there's been nothing like it. It's been so far beyond anything else in our ministry uh, that it doesn't even make sense except when you understand God did it. God brought us to that place. He takes hold of you with his mighty right hand and lifts you up. Because promotion doesn't come from the east, west, or south. It comes from the Lord. And so, you know, that, that's the only way to explain it is that God did it. God absolutely did is, it. Is there's no limit. There's no limit. So There's no limit. And we want to pray for you tonight because I'm believing for you. I'm believing for your family. We're joining our faith. 2024 is going to be the best year that you've ever seen in the name of Jesus Christ. I don't care what 2023 was like, if it was your worst or best year. 2024 is going to be far greater by the power of the Holy Ghost. And so we're going to pray and uh, believe God for increase in your family, on your business, in your ministry, with your children, everything you set your hand to do, get ready because 2024 is going to blow your mind in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the anointing of the Holy Ghost that you've released for your people. We thank you, Lord, that you're a God of increase. We thank you that you're El Shaddai. You are the Almighty One. You are the All-Sufficient One. You're Jehovah Jireh. You are our provider. And so, Lord, we thank you that you're touching us. We thank you that you're opening the windows of heaven over our homes and our families. We thank you that what we're getting ready to step into is going to be far greater than anything we've seen in Jesus' name. As Carolyn said, we thank you that we have an unlimited lifestyle in the kingdom because you have no limit to how much you can bless and promote and increase your people. So, Lord, we expect it. We yield ourselves. I ask you, Lord, before 2024 even begins, as we come into this month of December, as we get ready to run for 31 days in December, that you would begin to give us marching orders ahead of time. And I thank you, Lord, that we're going to have super natural increase in Jesus name. Thank you Lord for your provision. Thank you for your yes. wisdom. Thank you Lord that as we're stepping into this new year that we're receiving a greater revelation of your word. Yeah. We're not going to stay the same. We're not going to look the same. We're not going to be the same. We're going to be better in the mighty name of Jesus. We're going to be wiser in the name of Jesus. Yes. We're going to have more in the mighty 
name of Jesus. So we thank you, Lord, that as we are finishing up this year, yes, Lord. the things that we're believing for, we're thank still going to see. The things that you've asked us to do, we're still going to be able to do. And thank you, Jesus, for setting us up higher. We're not prayer projects for the rest of our That's life. Right. We're living with the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We're obedient to your word. We're going to live out your provision in Jesus' name. Jesus and we name. are a light to this world. We are a light and a great representation of who you are, your goodness, that you're a providing father, that you're a healing father, yes. you're our deliverer, our comforter. We are going to be that to this world in, in Jesus, Jesus name. name. Thank you. Amen. Lord. Amen. Two other things that I want to say before we go. Uh, number one, Carolyn and I want to invite you to come and be a part of Homecoming Weekend. It's coming up December the 29th through the 31st. The 29th is a Friday, and we have a Holy Ghost service that night. Um, on Saturday, we have something set aside for the Victory Tribe. And then Sunday, 11 a.m., we have our morning service on New Year's Eve. But then, 9 o'clock p.m., we have our crossover service. I cannot wait to get to crossover service. We're going to go into a new year together, and I've got a word for you for this upcoming year. It's going to be absolutely powerful. I'm very much looking forward to it. And then for those I'm of you. I'm excited for it. Oh, man. I'm very excited. I really am excited. Like the other morning when I was sitting outside, I was like, I feel like a legit force of faith. Oh, yeah. Into 2024. No question. I'm we're, excited for that night. We're running. And um, I can't wait to get there. We want to see you. You can RSVP um, and register at MWCregister.com. The other thing is this. We're so excited because the inside of the church building has been, uh, all the demolition's been finished. We're moving forward, getting ready to start the framing. And uh, we've prayed. We asked God to connect us to what we're calling a 750-person army. We're calling this Project David. We're building God a house. And I want to encourage those of you that are watching, whether you're live right now or you're watching the replay, to join us. Join this 750-person army uh, as we're calling this, why are we calling it Project David? David said, listen, if I can't be the one building the house, I'm going to sow to build the house. And so I want you to prayerfully consider whatever it is. Maybe you've got your, your business, and like others have done this year, you're believing for a large increase on your business. We've had people sow seeds from their business this year that have been the biggest they've ever sown in their entire life. There have been people that have sown personally this year, and it's been a step of faith. But do whatever the Lord's telling you to do. But I'm challenging you tonight to stand with me and Carolyn, the Miracle Word team, as we're getting ready to do the biggest things we've ever done. We just launched, if you didn't know this, let me give you a heads up. We just launched our uh, broadcast that's now going across America, 13 and a half million homes every Saturday night for an hour and then every Sunday night for a half an hour, covering all those homes on direct TV on the new Faith USA channel, as well as now <laughs> 180 uh, nations on television. We see people getting saved in countries I've never been to. Comes right up on my phone because we're discipling people even online and giving them materials to uh, take their next steps in Christ. We're doing more than we've ever done, and it's mind-blowing. And so when you're sowing, I'm saying that to tell you, when you sow into this ministry, you're sowing into good ground. And I'm believing that as you sow financial seed, get ready for the biggest financial harvests that you've ever seen in your life. 
the biggest financial harvests you've ever seen in your life. We've had so many testimonies come back over just what, the last seven weeks? Some of the biggest stuff that we've ever seen happen. I want to read you one, actually, because um, I don't know if I text this this to you or, or not, but I'll find it in... in uh, in Superphone. You know what, Beverly? It's great what God has done in your life. It is. It's so great, Beverly. We we actually we're thanking talk God about for you. you. <laughs> we did. We and I don't mean God. it in a bad way. We were actually. I was just talking to Jenna the other day about you, saying how happy I am that you found the church and to watch you grow and to change. And you know, this is just a start for you. How wonderful! You yeah. have so much you know, glorious things that are going to happen to you. Um, man, running into the new year. Get ready. I, just, I love it. Get ready, Beverly. It'll be the best year ever. Yes. I'm Bobby and Mike, get ready for the best year ever. Get ready. Yes. Um, Bobby actually sent me a really cool text yesterday about how, how much, like, cool, calm, and collective and full of faith Mike has been. Praise God, that Mike. it's, like, blowing her family's mind. Praise God, Mike. That it actually... <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm Wait, excited. His calmness actually um, started a fight. Well, that part's not great, but <laughs> they, they couldn't figure out what's wrong with them. So it like started this Mike's whole. Anointed. It started this whole family thing, and Bobby, all she could do is like giggle about it because she's like, <laughs> "I'm over here trying to look at Mike too and be like, who are you?'" And I love so it. I love the strength that's happening in their family and what God is doing. I'm praying they quickly. Make their way to, to Florida. Listen, listen to this testimony came in. <clears throat> this this is so, I, I danced when I got this. I work in administration for um, one of Ohio's largest healthcare systems. For now, believing to be completely self-employed, our, our vaccination stats, is this the one I'm looking for? No, that's not the right one. Let me go back. Where's the one I was looking for? Are you doing the FAU one? Yeah. Did I text that to you? Yes. Oh, wait, here it is. I got it. Okay, just wanted to share a testimony. Last six days, uh, my husband received his initial offer from the new college to be director of grad admissions position on Monday. Comes with a 45% salary increase, which is equivalent to 13 years of raises at his current university. His business, which is a separate business, his business has had more net revenue in the last six days than he's had in his best month just received an offer i just received an offer this is uh his wife speaking now uh from my former vp for a position i never even applied for and they offered me a salary increase and a sign-on bonus of eighty nine hundred dollars god did all this in six days and there's still a month left in the year and i'm telling you it's been testimony after testimony <laughs> it was funny ralph ralph even said if you know Ralph and Jenna that are connected to our ministry, Ralph gave the testimony, and I'm going to share the whole thing in church this Sunday, but he said he, he was going through, looked at his bank account, and there was a deposit. He didn't even know why it was there, was not expecting it to to come to his bank account, and there was a, a what was it, like 30-something hundred dollars, mm-hmm. three 3000 like 32 or 31 and change or something. Uh, Ralph or Jenna, if you're watching, you can put it in. It was like 3000 dollars. It just out of the blue hit he the just, bank account. He said he was driving and felt to look at his bank account. Yeah. And it's like you just see these things happening. God is doing things that are supernatural. You know, we started confessing in September, surprises in September. He hasn't stopped surprising us. 
<laughs> and we're getting ready to cross over into December. He's not stopped surprising us. Brian's saying right now in the comments, what God's done in the last seven months, it's mind-blowing for him. He's got hands up in the comments. And so this is what I'm talking about. As you sow seed, watch what God is going to do for you. As my wife said earlier, God's not a respecter of persons. He doesn't just choose, pick and choose based on who he likes and who he doesn't like. No, anybody that approaches him by faith, anybody that steps into the covenant and activates it by obedience, get ready. It's his policy. That's right. It's his policy. Get ready for the heavens to open up. Get ready for the heavens to open up over you. Heavens are opening up. I feel that. Open heavens. Open heavens. Glory to God. Open heavens in 2024. Get ready. Open heavens in 2024. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost right now all over me. Open heavens in 2024. Glory to God. Open heavens. Open heavens. You ought to just lift your hands right where you're watching unless you're driving and receive this. Glory to God. Open heavens in 2024. Open heavens in 2024. Open heavens in 2024. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Woo! I feel the joy of the Holy Ghost in here. Open heavens in 2024. Get ready. Open heavens. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Open heavens. Glory to God. That's hitting me right now. Open heavens in 2024. You ought to step into it. There's nothing worse than doubting the word of God. Don't doubt the word of God. Because it doesn't stop God's word from working. It just stops God's word from working for you. Yes. And I made up my mind. That's good. Others can be outside of his plan. Others can be outside of his flow. I'll be right in the middle of it. Middle. <laughs> Open heavens. Right where the flow is. In 2024. Thank you, Jesus. Open heavens. Open heavens. And I'm telling you, there's something happening right now. If you can connect to this, there's something happening right now that is so supernatural it will blow your family's mind to see God do what he's about to do for you and through you before we even hit 2024. But get ready. Open heavens, baby. And I'm going to tell you something. I've, I've shared this with the Victory Tribe for the last few years. The Lord spoke to me one year. I believe it was in October of a year. And the Lord said, you know, a lot of people are getting ready for the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, and they take their foot off the gas and they coast until the new year and they kind of, you know, slow way down. But he said, if you'll press in, if you'll trust me, he said, I'll make your end of a year every year. I'll make the end of the year like an on-ramp for you into the new year, like an on-ramp onto the interstate. You will accelerate through the final quarter. And I'm going to tell you, we're getting ready to run. <laughs> huh. Ankle deep, waist deep. All the way in. Uh, we're getting ready to run through December. Thank God for the holidays. And I'm going to celebrate. And I'm going to have a great time. Be with the family. But we're getting ready to run through December. You know how we're going to start December? We're going to start December in the house of God at Miracle Word Church. And then I'm going straight to Bogota, Colombia to preach. 
And I tell you, it's going to be a powerful, powerful, powerful week in Bogota. And I'm coming back. We're going to have Holy Ghost services. And we're going to see acceleration through December. And then we're going to see open heavens in 2024. Get ready. <laughs> I'm excited for your move, Ooh. Leslie. I'm, I'm excited, excited for Leslie. your move, Erica. I'm excited, Erica. The people that I'm excited, the Lord Mike is and Bobby. adding to Miracle Word Church <laughs> blows my mind in such a fantastic oh, man. way of blessing me. <laughs> Ooh, glory handpicked to God. by God. I look at these people as ex- handpicked. <sighs> Britt and her family, handpicked by God. Such a blessing. I'm getting blessed just sitting over here in this chair. Feel free to join us, Timothy. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Hallelujah. Tim, you're welcome. You're welcome to be in West Palm Beach. Angie Thomas. Angie Thomas. Eric, we love you. <laughs> you're welcome to be in West Palm Beach. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, man. I feel this hitting me right now. Glory to God. Go to MiracleWord.com, Mary. Everything's on MiracleWord.com. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Open heavens. Open heavens. That's right. Open heavens for the Chavez family in 2024. No question about it. Press in and get it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He's touching me right now. I feel it. (laughs) glory to god not going ankle deep not going waist deep all the way in emily we got to get that song going at the church we're going all the way in going all the way in i think we've sang that song once but that going ankle deep came after waist deep all the way in emily we got to add that got to get it we got to get it man i feel this anointing tonight There's a strong anointing in this studio. I feel it sitting in this chair. It's hitting me. Open heavens. Open heavens. Open heavens in 2024. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) That's right, Alan. Overflow Cafe is in the house. I saw you change the name after I prophesied to you. I got happy. I got happy. That's awesome. God's expanding Overflow Cafe in Texas. We're not going ankle deep, waist deep, all the way in. We're going all the way in in 2024. All the way in. Yes. Overflow. Going all the way in. Love you too. Open heavens. Just get it in your spirit right now. Expect right now. Yep. Set it in stone right now. Right now. Open heavens in 2024. Thank you, Lord. Open heavens. (laughs) Man. We're going to have open heavens. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.